Batman the Animated Series premiered on September 6th, 1992 on Fox. Let's kind of, sort of, put 22 minutes on the clock. Pilot study, Chris and Grimes. They're talking all of your favorite shows. But only the pilot episode that means the first show. And that's the premise behind Pilot Study. Hello and welcome to Pilot Study. My name is Chris Lantinen and I am your host and I am joined. As always, he's meeting Bambi after doing some crime fighting. It's Grimes. That's right. The Dark Knight Returns. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's a pretty good nickname for you. Uh, so my first question to you on Batman the Animated Series before we even get into any of the nitty-gritty details in this shorter episode is Bruce Wayne a pimp or what? Bruce Wayne is many things and a pimp <laughs> is among them. So he's got Bambi that he has to cancel the dinner with, right? Alfred calls and cancels dinner with what I presume what I presume to be a slut. And <laughs> with, with a name Just like no. that, there's only been yeah. one other TV character that I've run across named Bambi, and it was in the X-Files, and Duchovny was trying to get with her the whole time. And mm-hmm. the second one was when he arrives at like that lab. We'll get into the details later. But he arrives at a scientific lab. He's like eyeing up the, the woman scientist like immediately. Yes, the, he does not hold back one bit. Well, well, hello. He's in for a kids show. the The Bambi thing, especially like canceling, like basically sex plans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in the pilot a booty call. Yeah, booty call in the first episode, the pilot episode of a kids show. Just I don't know. Just made me laugh. I just did not expect it. So the the episode is He's a man whore. You know, we always forget to do this. We never say what the episode's actually called. Uh, sometimes it's called pilot, but this one is titled on leather wings. It deals with a villain called the Man-Bat, which I believe was introduced to the Batman canon in the 1970s. I'll have to double-check that a little bit later. Uh, A couple key figures in this, Eric Radomski, I believe is how you pronounce it, and Bruce Timm were the central figures behind this round of Batman, which, as I said, premiered in 1992. Um... A couple months after the Tim Burton Batman Returns. So that was very fresh on people's minds. Uh, You'll notice that um, some of the Danny Elfman score from that movie was repurposed and used in this episode. uh, The main theme in particular. Um, But Tim is really the big name here. He has a long history in animation. Tiny Toons Adventures, He-Man, G.I. Joe... Um, a bunch of really, really good stuff. If you listen to Kevin Smith's podcast, I try not to at all costs. <laughs> but if you do, he does have a really good interview with Bruce Tim. if you can get past the Smith factor. And written the by... The Smith factor is high, dude. <laughs> yeah, the Smith factor is really high. You know, the um, I'm wearing jean shorts that go down to my ankles. Not usually down with that. But uh, written by Mitch Bryan and directed by Kevin... Altieri. So I'm going to toss it to you, Grimes. My first question about this episode and Batman in general is, who is your definitive Batman for your generation? Who do you think of first? Keaton. Keaton. Now, when the 89 Batman, yeah. I'm pretty sure, was mm-hmm. the first Burton one. That's when it popped off. How, how old are you in that year? Seven. 
Six, seven. <laughs> You're fucking old, dude. Um, I was born in 88, just to give you a little bit of a... Uh... Well, I've been bawling way longer than you. <laughs> that's true, that's true. <laughs> so you were seven, so that was like... I mean, that's... I have memories of it, like the cassette tape a soundtrack featuring many jams by Prince. Um, Please tell me you still got that. I don't. I oh, definitely don't. Fuck. That thing's way lost. I that's in an love... FYE warehouse somewhere in Africa. <laughs> I would love to have that. Um, yeah, so that was like seven years old. That's directly in the wheelhouse for you. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I couldn't get enough of it. I love... I probably liked Birdman because of that original Batman. Yeah. So the first, I mean, yeah. really Batman Returns, that was in 92. I would have been four. So really it was like catching up on VHS for me on both of those. But, I mean, I, I can remember the first time I saw the original and Returns on VHS and just just basically being blown away by the whole thing and the live-action Batman. But, you know, before that, I think I grew up on this, really. I think I grew up on the animated series. So is this something that you caught as you were growing up? Was this something that was a cartoon? So you kind of, you would have been, how, how old in 92? Uh, like nine. Oh, so, so again, oh. yeah, in the wheelhouse still on Fox. So you don't need, I you don't saw need cable. This- it was in reruns when I was in high school. Like they would play it on Fox every day from three to five. They had like a cartoon block. Mm-hmm. I think The Simpsons might have been in there with this and yeah. Animaniacs or something. <laughs> yeah. And I would always watch. Like I, you know, I was up to activities back then. There, there used to be like this trend in, especially like shows that ended up on Cartoon Network when I would watch them, where like they would take shows and then like reduce the age of the characters. So like we talked about Scooby Doo. And a pup named Scooby Doo, and then we had like Animaniacs, which was but they were like kid characters, and then Tiny Toons Adventures. Like, what's successful? Let's reduce their age by twenty years. Ducktales, all that. <laughs> stuff. Yeah, oh yeah, Ducktales. I forgot about that. So that's kind of funny that you brought that up. Um, my second question for you, Batman wise, um, and I like having this one. We did it for Daredevil. I liked when we did it for Daredevil. Um, and I like having you here because I like to see what you think the common characteristics are of these characters having not read comic books. So when you think of Batman, what are your common characteristics? Like what should be the characters like core values, skills? What should Batman be if he's presented in a correct manner? Well, much like Daredevil, uh, except he can see lucky for him. <laughs> yes. very. His lucky. main super power is money yes okay so which, he doesn't have any powers he is just he rich. has no real powers mm-hmm. um but as as we can see with donald trump money does bring quite a lot of influence over yes. people <laughs> uh his parents this he is like kind of a an anti-trump but mm-hmm. you know similar upbringing like the wayne foundation he was born into wealth uh has used his powers for good not evil not like nazi rallies but um <laughs> so um de- like detective stuff he should be a detective can take an I ass think. beating yes he can get uh beat up the big thing with the nolan films and i think a core characteristic in my mind is that he doesn't kill um yeah nobody dies he, yeah, he tries not to kill and he is at his base he's a detective so his smarts have to, in my mind, his smarts have to overrank his fists. 
Like, he has to do some investigating before the brouhaha. And I think this pilot yeah, episode does yeah. a pretty good job of that. He is, um, he analyzes, or he ha- I guess he has somebody else do his detective work this time around. He, like, has the bat hair or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah, he has the, the, uh, the people man. at the lab analyze the bat hair. Yeah, but he's making the effort to uh, take an intelligent detective He thought to collect approach. a sample, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, weirdly enough... This is a lot of people see this as like their defining Batman depiction on screen. I say weird because it's a cartoon, so we tend to take um, live action more seriously, and especially with the Nolan films and how successful they were. I think that the animated series influence has gone down a little bit because there is that adult hurdle of being a cartoon. But a lot of people really believe that this Batman is the Batman. Like I hear that all the time. And I hear so much praise for Kevin Conroy, who is the voice of Batman. And the voice is awesome. The voice I will is say awesome. That. Yeah, and if you, I, I don't think you play video games or anything, but there's those Batman video games that come out, like Arkham City, Arkham Knight uh, is the latest one, and he still the does CD? the voice. Oh, he does! Wow, yeah, that's yeah. cool. And uh, Mark Hamill still does, who is, of course is Luke Skywalker. He does the voice uh-huh. of the Joker in this cartoon and oh that's right that's right yeah and he also does it in the games and stuff so if you look at kevin conroy's imdb page it's like fucking all batman it's like the series all the different movies the games he has like four times where he played somebody that doesn't dress up as a bat at night and beat people to a pulp so he's he certainly (laughs) has not exactly had a varied career but he's made a really nice mark playing this character voice style yeah i mean if this is all you ever did that's pretty cool being batman at all i mean even adam west like he's still on family guy and stuff because he was batman (laughs) in the 60s did you ever did you ever watch the 60s show i did yeah i did watch that growing up and again on i saw i caught a lot of reruns as a youngster being a latchkey kid and basically raised by television what was the Um, because i i also caught reruns that's how i watched that one what reruns like what channel were the reruns on because i'm it would be on like channel six out of cleveland wuab oh so that was a regular tv channel I, i i watched them on um like nick at night Yes, yeah, it was yeah. on that later, but this was before I had cable. Right, they, they would have like two, and um, I always remembered like the same bat time, same bat channel type of thing that they, they had going on. Um, and the weird intro with the psychedelic bat symbol like going in and out of the yeah, screen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I guess we should do some, well, I, I kind of broke it down this time. We'll do a quick plot synopsis, and then I kind of broke it down into my good and my bad. In terms of what the okay, episode, sure. and my bad was pretty short, and my good list is pretty long. But um, so as I kind of go through my good, I think we'll kind of discern the plot out of it. So my good is my first one is the selection of man bat, and <laughs> so it would have been a really easy thing to do, I think, for the pilot episode to go with like Joker first round. Yeah. But you know, I think by going with a smaller character from the '70s and one that not a lot of people knew. You impress longtime fans because you're like, oh, they're digging really deep into the canon here to like, actually bring somebody out that we haven't seen a million times. And you have something new for kids. Like They just saw Penguin and Catwoman in Batman Returns. They just saw the Joker three years ago in Batman. 
So you give him something completely new. It's a serious villain. It's not used for comedic value. It's like it's a formidable Batman challenge. Like it's a fair fight. Yeah. I think everything about the selection in this first villain is a good one. And I, I do have a quick note about um, how it actually wasn't the the first aired episode. There was a Catwoman episode aired first. I believe this aired um, on that September 6, 1992, in like a two episode package. And the oh, first, okay. the, yeah, the first one was actually cat a Catwoman one, but because of the um, the proximity to Batman Returns, but the this one is still considered the pilot. So mm. we didn't fuck up or anything. I don't know what 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 was one of your good things that you liked about the episode. Well, I liked that Stephen Colbert and Tommy Lee Jones were flying that news helicopter. <laughs> I, mean, I was freaking out. Like, how is Colbert inserting himself into history? <laughs> so I couldn't you, get past it. So but, you mean um, you mean the look or the voice? The, mostly the look, but okay. I mean the voice too a little bit. I think I was. My mind might have been playing tricks on me with the voice. You know, I think we're. I was reading something, and I think Conroy, who does Batman, also did one of the pilots. So I'm not sure which one he was, but I know he does one. I'm pretty sure he does one of the blimp pilots as well. So that, that's pretty funny. Yeah, uh, Cole, he really, really looks like Colbert. I, I'll have to check back for the for the to, for the Tommy Lee Jones connection. But he really, really looks like Colbert. Um, but to be real, um, I like how in all Batmans and any iteration of the story or any remake, he's always assumed to be bad at first. There's always like a couple reluctant people in the police department. They're like, I know this Batman. He's a dick. He's a bad guy. Like, <laughs> we got to get him. Yeah. And then he's he saves the day. Like, I like that he has to overcome because it would be easy if he just took off his mask. Like, look, I, I own you. Just chill. It's Bruce Wayne, but <laughs> I'm, he chooses I'm to like guy. rise above. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I do want to see that deleted scene though, where he took off his mask and it was like everybody just chill the fuck out <laughs> with the police and the lights and the guns. I'm literally doing your job for you, so just go back and collect your fucking pension, you state employees. Right. That's the scene I want to see. So, um, another good another good part of this was the introduction of three key characters in a pretty crisp way. You had Bullock, who is the guy who hates Batman, and he'll come back over. And he's the crooked cop. You have Jim Gordon, who is your valiant defender of Batman. And you can tell right away that he knows Batman um, by his reluctant attitude towards capturing him. And you have Harvey Dent, who eventually becomes Two Face, flipping the coin. And kind of being like a dark symbol in the background, but at that point he is a valiant character. So I like that they were able to introduce three right away. They probably didn't confuse any kids, and I, I mean it's a smoother introduction than most pilots we watch in terms of characters. So yeah, yeah, they handled it quite well. And I mean, again, much like um, me not knowing shit uh, before I. <laughs> Before I watched, I think they assume with like with Batman, you know. Did you know people Har- are gonna know stuff coming in? Right. Did you know Harvey Dent was Two Face? I did know that. Yes. Okay, okay. Gotcha. So that that was a connection you could make. What's uh, that's another Tommy Lee Jones connection? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I I was just watching because the clip makes the, the rounds every couple of years where it's like the introduction of Jim Carrey and Tommy Lee Jones and how in. 
I'm pretty sure like Jim oh, Carrey. Oh yeah, like how they hated each other. Yeah, how, yeah, how exactly. Jim Carrey. Well, Jim Carrey like came up to him and Tommy Lee Jones was like, I don't like you. Like, and that yeah. was basically like the oh, end man. the end of their relationship. Uh so it was the clip where they like meet for the first time and Carrie's like out of his fucking mind in that movie. And it's just Can we um just ask one quick question of you? Yes. How do you feel about Jim Carrey? Uh, oh, that's a. I feel like that's a loaded one because he's done such weird shit in recent years that it's like, like the whole. But I mean, overall, his presence in Hollywood, his general Jim Carrey ness, like the whole thing. Like, are you pro or con? I mean, I think he had his place in the '90s and the early 2000s. I think his shtick ran short, and uh, he hasn't quite been able to find his place after that. But I mean, he's got. I mean, he's got plenty of memorable roles. He's had a great career. Like, I'm even thinking later stuff like Eternal Sunshine and The Truman Show are two great movies, great Jim Carrey performances. Dumb and Dumber is an all-timer. Um, I think people overrate, like, Liar, Liar and some of those other, like, Yeah, I got a little bit much there. Yeah, like... Dust... Yeah, he almost went full Sandler. He kind of saved himself, yeah, but he, like, yeah. could have gone the way of Sandler. I think Eternal Sunshine and Truman Show really salvaged his like after comedic career i don't i mean he hasn't done anything in the past five years has he i think he's like semi-retired i don't know i just think he gets like there there was never like a huge backlash per se against him but he just sort of yeah he wasn't it's almost like the same with will smith anyway i don't want to get on a whole tangent but i just don't want (laughs) to i like jim carrey's presence in the world i think it's a good thing i'm just hoping for jim carrey in true detective season three that would be awesome. <laughs> As the Bob boss. <laughs> and Mike Myers. <laughs> yeah. I, oh, God, I'd love Mike. Mike, now that's an actor that I would actually want to come back and want to do, like, semi-serious roles because he's always good when he pops up in something. But his his destiny is, like, documentaries and, like, directing movies, I bet, at some point. that's I think that's his destiny because he seems like a really smart dude. He knows a lot of shit. Yeah, he knows a lot of shit. So what was another good thing for you in this episode? Uh, the Batmobile and other gadgets. I took um, the an Batmobile. inventory. The I took an inventory of gadgets used. Okay, what did he use? Grappling hook, night vision, a Ooh. wall of um, Dell PCs. <laughs> Siri. He had Siri in the Batcave. He's just like, computer, find shit, and it finds it. Um Oh fuck the Dells, the the really thick Let's monitor see. Dells. I love it. Yeah, the tan monitor shit. Um, I will say that I think the Batmobile design in this iteration looks like a town it's a dick, right? It looks, it, <laughs> yeah. First off, it looks like a an erect penis, but second off, <laughs> it looks like a town car, and I kind of, I kind of don't like that. I like the Burton design, a little sleeker. Um. I actually looked through. There's like these cool infographics of all the Batmobiles ever yeah, used, yeah. basically in in history, in live action and cartoon. And the Burton one is, it might be the best one. The rest of them look so weird. I've never I noticed like how the Val Kilmer one, oh, except for yeah. the fin is too big. Yeah, the fin's like insane. That goes. But off the, the front back. looks yeah. cool. Now, is I the, think the Nolan Mobile is cool because that's like kind of real. That's like the military probably has shit like that. Can I give you my breakdown of what Batman has become, and like the, sure. the realness? Because I saw Batman Superman, and I did want to talk about this at some point. Sure, no problem. So I saw Batman Superman, 
and it's fine. It's nothing special. It's nothing like as bad as like you know most of the reviews stated it was. It does butcher the That's character good. of Batman in that he murders. He's like murdering people in this movie, like with Shit. in a dream sequence. It's with guns. And otherwise, it's just by blowing up their car. So I guess he doesn't kill them, but they're dead. <laughs> right. And then he's even, like, he's branding criminals because when they go to jail with a brand, they'll be killed by the fellow inmates. So he's, like, basically sentencing them to death. So, nice. like, the whole darkness thing of Batman in the movie really kind of bugged me. And the other thing is, and what I liked about this cartoon is, can we just all remember that Batman is like a children's character? Like he, because this Batman Superman movie is very much for adults. Um, I've yeah. heard the filmmaker talk about and some of the people around it say like, well, this is, this isn't going to be exactly a kid's movie. Then what movies are for kids? Like, <laughs> right. Like I, it's a comic I, book. I grew up on these movies. <laughs> I wouldn't want, um, I wouldn't want my kid to watch if he was growing up on this Batman. It's a much more violent, evil, pissed off version of Batman that kind of bugs me a little bit. Maybe I'm overreacting, but like, I don't think so. I agree. I mean, they're kids' characters, and I think that's why the Marvel movies are so successful because parents can bring their kids to them. And the character and the heroes are heroic and they have good qualities. And it's almost like Daredevil, like they're valiant characters. And this, Batman and Superman are just pissy and complaining the whole time and not really that heroic a lot of the time. They're trying to outdark like the Nolan thing, right? They're trying to see, let's see how far we can take it before it just becomes Saw, but Batman's like the, the guy. <laughs> like, they very much, yeah, they very much are like, I'm not joking when. In one part of Batman Superman, which you should see just so you can kind of get these references. I will see it. I'm going to see it. I think you'd be interested, and I think you'd like it more so than I did, just because I'm such a slave to what it should be or whatever. You can go in with a more open mind, and I think that's an advantage you have. But so Batman, in, in this chase scene, he's in the Batmobile, which is a pretty good Batmobile, by the way, for this one. He blows up a car that has people in it. Or he, nice. sh- or he shoots it and it crashes or something. And then not only does he do that, but he um, takes, he like shoots a grappling hook out of the back of the Batmobile and attaches to that vehicle that he just flipped and then drags it for like three miles and then throws it onto another car. So if the people weren't dead the first time, dragging their dead bodies through the street <laughs> oh my God. and then smushing another set of bodies with theirs, I think they're probably dead after that. It reminded me of when um, I think it's Hector in like ancient lore is killed and then dragged around by Achilles. Damn. Like, you know how Achilles kills Hector and then drags. I don't know if that's right. I know a character gets dragged around his dead body. That's what it reminded me of. It was so dark. It's too dark, man. It I was like intense. And I like what you were saying before. Like this animated series is lighthearted. There's a sense of humor. Like Conroy has that tone of voice that's, you know, almost in a sarcastic vein, just by the way it sounds. Yeah. Well, I mean, it has darkness, but the darkness is tied up in like, um, so, you know, the human condition and the villain being the scientist that Man Bat is revealed to be. This guy who looks like Willem Dafoe, but he is a scientist. Right, yeah, he did 
Looks like Willem Dafoe. And he's the scientist who can't control his urge for discovery. And that's the darkness of the episode. Batman does not need to be killing people. He can no. he can be like a swashbuckler, you know. He can be like kind of like a his I see him as like a pirate figure, you know, in that he is not fully evil, but he does what has to be done to, you know, to move on and to accomplish whatever mission that is. I mean, that's kind of how I see him. I don't see him as a murderer or, like, somebody who just, I don't know. It's It just kind of bugged me a little bit. Like, there's some great Batman stuff in there, but I think they crossed the line on a few. Especially considering, again, he is a man dressed as a bat, and kids should be able to watch this with us. Right. Yeah, that's, <laughs> it's weird that they went that heavy with it. And, like I said, I mean, I can't really say I, you know, know what I'm talking about because I haven't seen the film yet I will see, and I trust your judgment. We mostly agree, anyway. So, um, so what, a couple more good things, and then we'll wrap it up. What else do you got for good? Yeah, I got. I like. Um, you could tell this was made pre nine eleven because police were allowed to be portrayed as like bumbling idiots and dolts. <laughs> they weren't all heroes. Just like the minute they get the badge on, yeah. Um, and you know, not to, I'm not trying to make this political thing. I just think it's it was funnier, like you know, when you had the Barney Fife types, like Donut, you know, the guy on The Simpsons, Chief Wiggum. Mm-hmm. They kind of you know you don't see that. You know, police characters anymore are not introduced that way ever. Like mm-hmm. they're all genius heroes that can see into the future or have some kind of whatever bullshit and CIS powers. Well, I think they're e- <laughs> they're either that or they are overly corrupt to the point of like Yeah, it's like a caricature of corruption. Doing doing really bad things. I have um uh the detective stuff I liked again. I like the way Batman moves and like especially his cape, like slipping through the elevator door and just, I don't know, it has a lot of character to it. And um, his chin, his chin is huge and powerful. Uh, I enjoyed that. Um, how he casually says, hey, what's up, Doc, while dressed in his Batman <laughs> yeah. suit. <laughs> yeah. I wrote down what's up, Doc, as well. I forgot that in these shows, the villain has to reveal his complete and entire plan at, like, the 15-minute mark. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. it is, like, a 20-minute episode, so he has to be like, this is exactly what's happening. Kids, sit down, listen, this is what's happening, and this is why for the next five minutes we're going to have a brawl. I, I love that part of it. And just beautiful animation. And, you you know, in present-day animation, I'm not an expert or anything, but I can tell the difference between hand-drawn stuff and CGI stuff because the hand-drawn, there are those slight mistakes, like the driving scenes look a little stilted. But I, I, I feel like that adds to the charm for me. There's like a yeah, little I bit of... like it. There's a bit of physicality to it that is cool and you can you can feel the man hours like we had like the car scene was like difficult for them to do and like the blimp scene was difficult for them and i i like feeling as if we're watching like work like real hand drawn like man man versus machine (laughs) yeah man versus machine oh and batman is bloodied like at the end that's i mean for a kid's show to show like your main character with blood on his face I think that's the kind of that's like as dark as you need to go. You don't need to. Uh, like, he doesn't need a machine gun and to be murdering humans with vehicular <laughs> devices and shit. Like, come on. Just like a little blood, and he takes down the he he takes down the man bat and carries him off into the night. And I don't know. I dig that. Do you have any bad? Do you have anything that kind of rubbed you the wrong way? Um, 
or did you like it too much? I think I liked it too much. I, I you know, it's it's easy to shit on a few details just because it's like twenty five years old or something. Yeah, I will say that no no bat symbol. I was kind of disappointed by that. I thought we they would bust the bat symbol out in that very first episode. I liked how the monster attempted to fly away because his wife yelled at him. That's like what set it <laughs> off. Yeah, she, she was like, "No, Charles, you're not gonna do this." And he's like, and "He's just like, I am not out. dealing with this shit tonight." <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, the wife that Bruce Wayne is most definitely having sex with now after he has apprehended her husband. Oh yeah, let me. That's his prop. Uh, you you can't be alone tonight. Let me let me bring you to, back to the mansion. Maybe we'll sit in front of a fire, and I will bang you. That's how that now, episode is going to end. Else, anything else really good or bad? I, I did notice that like we were talking about the movies before. Um, I kind of felt felt like these cartoons are an opportunity to see just like the third good action packed act of a Batman movie. You don't without like. Two hours of Christian Bale soul searching and getting in shape. <laughs> like you can just oh, enjoy the, the real shit. <laughs> there is a great getting in shape scene in the new one. It's like fucking CrossFit to the max. I love it. Um, yeah, but there is like Bale gets in shape basically every single Batman movie. Do you think that that's like a subtle hint at comic book nerds and like overweight dudes to get off their ass and get in shape a little bit? I don't like. Don't uh, you fellas want to be like Batman? Weren't they always trying to like sneak I, hidden messages and shit in comic books? I think it's just like a changing physicality of what the male body is supposed to do. Uh, like, cause when when Ke- Keaton's just a skinny, I don't know, he's just a skinny guy. Yeah, like, he wasn't buff at all. Even Val Kilmer wasn't like super jacked as Batman or Clooney. I feel like weirdly, it's closely attached to like the steroid era in baseball. And people just getting bigger and bigger and bigger and more cut. And like even like somebody like Zach Efron is like fucking cut to the max now. And so Yeah, why does he need to live his life like that? What what is the buffness need for an actor? Like I don't know. I like to think Leo is not that buff. He's probably got a little man gut going. He's definitely got some man boobs and a man gut going for sure. Because I've seen But he's Leo, you know? It's like fucking Jack Nicholson. You you don't got to be all buffed out when you're, like, that good. Well, you, And, I I mean, Efron is a decent... Like, I'm not going to say he's not good at acting. But I think it's just a cascading thing where, like, okay, Zach Efron's buff, so I guess Batman has to be buff if Efron's buff? Like... If Efron and Gosling <laughs> and, like, James Franco and shit, yeah, you got to... You, you kind of got to step it up if that's the thing. Oh, one more note. I feel bad for Affleck, though. It's hard uh, getting buffed. He's he's big in this movie. Like he didn't fu- he didn't fuck around. Him and Superman, it must have been like a push up contest every day on set because they're both pretty huge. Okay, so huh. in, in lieu of our title talk, because we usually do title talk, you watched on Amazon, right? I did. Yeah. Okay, I'll break down why exactly the opening sequence is off if you watch on Amazon. So they play a sequence for something called the New Batman Superman Adventures. Yes. And yeah, that's not the original sequence. The original intro is very iconic, and it includes him running across the rooftops and the silhouette fights, and it's awesome. Um, this was for something where it was a series that combined um, something called Superman the Animated Series with, like, 
either reruns or new originals from Batman the Animated Series. I'm pretty sure that's how it went. So they would do an hour, each one would have a half hour, and it was kind of like this big hour block of those two shows, and they would, that's the intro they would play. And then they would have like their Let's little see. their little title card. So I guess, from what I've discerned, the, the DVDs or whatever they sourced it from for Amazon was from that. It was not from like the original series, oh. I guess, and that's why it has the intro. It's kind of stupid. I don't know why they couldn't just find the intro and tack it on there. Uh, it's very, very weird. But uh, that's well, why, it tricked yeah. me because. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Um, it tricked me because I was gonna write it down for title talk. Like, why? What's why the fuck is Superman in here? I was like. You know, this is way before, you know, they could have known about any movie tie-ins and shit. And then I was like, maybe Amazon pulling some fuckery, but... Yeah, it's... Uh, I don't know why. Um, and a couple more things. It won a primetime Emmy. It won a shit ton of daytime Emmys. It was a hev- heavily celebrated series. Um, I do want to mention... Wow. Yeah, I do want to mention the late Shirley Walker. She composed a lot of the music. It wasn't all Elfman stuff. Um, but yeah, she composed a lot of the music for that, and eventually the Adventures of Batman and Robin, which I believe it became that in the second season. Somebody can correct me on that though. Uh, a couple reviews I've got Entertainment Weekly, and this was from longtime film critic Ken Tucker. He said the cartoon series also presents an original take on the character. This Batman is a sly adventurer, which, uh, like I said, that's why I like. Drawn in a lushly stylized manner with a V-shaped body and blank slitted eyes. The animation is first-rate, moving Batman across gray cotton clouds and against a backdrop of teetering Art Deco-style skyscrapers, obviously taken from the Burton stuff. And from the AV Club, this was Leonard Pierce. He mentioned that they fought the network to be able to show blood, and they won. Uh, they fought the network to have characters use real guns instead of ray gun style stuff, and they won. And they fought to bring in a lot more adult elements because they wanted to make the show appealing to grown-up audiences. And I, I think in that piece as well, they do talk about how they started from black paper. Like in a lot of the drawing stuff, they would start from actual, actual black paper and add colors to it. So oh, cool. I think they were worried um, at one point about how that would show up on screens, but obviously it shows up perfectly and there's enough colors that pop. And so it was, it was neat that they started from dark paper and then build outwards. So I thought, yeah, that- I mean, I think it looks great. Like you said, I'm no expert either, but I mean, it looks awesome and you can tell it, uh, it was done by humans. Yeah, it was done by humans. So, uh, any last notes, anything else you want to toss out there before we wrap up here? No, I mean, we covered Oh, I I really enjoyed it, and this was probably my favorite of Superhero Month, a fun yep. month. Superhero and, um, Month, yep. And, of course, this was a Reader's Choice episode, so thank you to all 170, yeah. 200 people who voted. That was awesome to see. Um, a big, Very cool. A big jump from our last Reader's Choice episode. And uh, so we've got four. This is episode 20. We've got four episodes left in the season, and then we'll take a mini break retool maybe work on our audio stuff try to get that all uh worked out and we will come back for season two all refreshed and with some new theme months and everything so the last four are going to be kind of random toss-ins kind of like we started we started with twilight zone and fresh prince and ferris bueller so we started with randoms and i want to finish with some random ones and our last episode of the season will be we'll induct something into the hall of fame of pilots 
So I've already got a couple of, of ideas that we'll have to discuss. But uh, that should be fun. It's going to be good. And, yeah, so we got some random ones. And the only one that I'll say is definitely going to happen is the Larry Sanders show because Gary Shandling passed away. Yeah. And I feel like we got to honor him by slotting him in in one of those last season one spots. So it will be a 24-episode first season. Um, we'll be, of course, promoting it a lot and getting some, hopefully some new listeners in that break period. And then we'll start fresh with some new theme months. So I hope everybody's we'll ex- excited because uh, I think I am, and I'm sure you are, Grimes. I am, definitely. It's been really fun so far. I'm looking forward to the rest. All right, well, let's wrap it up today. This has been Pilot Study, episode number 20. My name is Chris Lantian, and thank you, Grimes, as always, for joining me. Yep. All right, we'll talk to you guys soon. You never know what show they're going to talk about, but they're only going to talk about the first one. And that's the premise behind Pilot Study.